At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Chasing Tales podcast. I am your host, Walt, and I am joined by the big bass catching man himself, the newest YouTube star to ever hit the bass fishing community. Uh, Chase, dude, uh, it is summertime. The Yakking for Bass Challenge is in full swing. What are you doing off your kayak right now? Or are you recording on your kayak? <laughs> I wish. I was thinking about that earlier because I was actually itching to get out on the water, and I was like, Man, it was. It's not. We weren't doing a fishing podcast. Like we've been doing a fishing yeah. podcast, or just like a review of what we've done already. I might have been out on the water, <laughs> <laughs> and you'd hear zzz going by, um, back and forth. But nah, um, yeah. I've been out on the water a few times. Uh, been catching some fish. Uh, I got some upgrades to do. Obviously, uh, if I want to uh, try to win this thing, which I, I don't think I'm going to win the overall. We got some good. Uh, anglers in this tournament yeah, right yeah. now that more bass centric than I am. So, but I'd still want to beat all the creators, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what keeps me going out there. I've got a respectable bag right now. I'm probably about uh, four inches shy of what I was last year. And it took me, I'm a lot further along than I was last year, but I'm, I'm hoping that I can uh, keep going and keep getting upgrades. Uh, here and there so and i've got a uh, fishing trip lined up with uh, adam glass from central florida outdoors so i'm, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting up with him he's actually fishing in the tournament so that'll be good to uh, go out there and fish with him and i think he actually is leading the tournament right now uh, that's pretty much it man and then like i said i just yeah. posted uh, my first youtube video uh, that was fun getting on editing that and filming doing some stuff like that uh, i'm working on another one right now Hopefully release that here in a couple of days, and uh, I'm gonna gonna keep it coming. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited. You and I both right now are the two highest uh, uh, rated creators in the group. You are sitting at fourth place, and I'm sitting at twelve. I was doing good. I'm <laughs> a couple people edged me out. I'm still you know struggling to hit those uh, to hit that five fish limit, but you know I'm 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 gonna get there. It, it's it's five days into the tournament and. Fishing can be difficult right now with COVID and everybody out there. You know, it's yeah, the water is getting pounded. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you caught your first fish was a Jolly Whopper, man. Your first <laughs> yeah, fish of too. the tournament, uh, <laughs> yeah, a twenty incher, yeah. twenty fat, twenty point five inches, yeah, yeah. fat <laughs> fish. So I was like, oh boy, Walt's yeah. bringing his A game this year. He's already first fish <laughs> is a stud fish. So hopefully you catch a few more of those and man, you'll be right at, oh, you'll be yeah. right at the top. You, you don't need yeah. to, the thing about it is you don't need to catch a lot of fish for the tournament. You right. just need to catch those right five fish 
for the this tournament. So that's what it's all about. I mean, I, I've got caught up one of the dates, like in the video. I mean, it was like Dink Central. I mean, I caught one good fish, but then another 15, 16 of them were – I mean, re- really weren't going to help me at all for the tournament. So it's fun. Right. I mean, it's fun. But oh, yeah. I, I, I'd need to find those uh, those big daddies or big mamas out there uh, <laughs> to to be able to That's move it. up that leaderboard. Well, this isn't, a, this isn't a bass fishing podcast. We're going to do a little updated podcast here shortly for that to kind of give everybody a breakdown of what's happened. This is a deer hunting podcast. This is kind of building on the momentum of the John Eberhart podcast. We are moving into the summer months. It's time to scout. This is also, I think, the part of the season where we're really reflecting on what we did wrong, what we could do better, and, and I think a lot of people are focusing on this tinkering phase, right? This, this phase where you start looking at your gear, and I wish it did this i wish it did that i can't believe it it cost me this opportunity and so you start tinkering with it and one of the things that i've kind of found for myself is that i tinker I, recently I, i've started to shift my tinkering into what i think are more productive ways now this podcast is full of opinions and by no means do i want anybody to think that what you're doing is wrong if you want to tinker you tinker however the heck you want to in fact chase you made that disclosure early on in this podcast that you know, there's no wrong way to tinker. I just think there are better ways for everyone, depending on your circumstance, to go about that. how you spend your time in the summer months. Um, we had a guest that's been on the podcast for years now. Uh, it was, I think, the, the second, third, second or third guest we ever had on the podcast. Dave Ebright joins us. And Dave is one of those guys that once he finds a system that works, he starts looking for things that make his life easier, that process smoother. The, the, you know, he's not necessarily looking to, to shave 19 ounces across six different items and make everything lighter. He's willing to pay a little bit of a weight, weight penalty if, there's, if it brings value to what he's doing. And so um, it was a really interesting dialogue, and I really was, was happy to, to bring that dialogue to everyone that I've heard you know, him talk to and speak to for years now. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, he's kind of along the same lines as me where we don't tinker that much. We will tinker right. here and there, but we're not just fanatic about it. So uh, I enjoyed listening to it. And like you said, it, it really doesn't matter. If, if that's what you like to do, then get after it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think uh, I think everybody has different phases. You know, we even kind of we – t- we touched on that. You know, you and I had the big tankering phase we, we had with our bows where – you know, we weren't quite satisfied with it, but now that we got a, a system that works, we're not fooling with it. And, you know, we're just trying to bring that perspective. So, you know, don't take offense if, if you hear an opinion that, you know, maybe a little unsettling. We're not we're not singling you out. We're just, you know, sharing our opinions on, on how we go about uh, tinkering and how we make it our, as productive as we can. It's a fun dialogue. Dave's a great guy. Um, funny dude uh, there's a story about him cuddling his best friend in a minivan in this episode so if that excites you boy do we have an episode <laughs> for you <laughs> so but uh, l- l- let's cover a couple things first and foremost we need to thank the people that make the show possible patreon chase we are uh, doing a heck of a giveaway this quarter every quarter we do giveaways why don't you tell everybody what, what we've got going on yeah that's right we're giving away the phantom saddle which is one of the hottest items out there right now. Everybody wants to get their hands on. Looking forward to giving that saddle out to somebody. It's Like you said, it's going to be this quarter's giveaway. We also got some other items uh, by Tethered that are coming with it. Tethered was gracious enough to uh, give us a saddle giveaway on the podcast. So if you want to know more about Tethered, you could visit them at tetherednation.com. That's it. We're giving away, I think it's, we totaled it up before. I think it's like $340 worth of stuff this quarter. And that's just our way of saying thanks. We appreciate everybody for, for contributing to the show so that we can invest in, in camera gear and everything that we need to to bring you new and exciting content. Also, a natural plug, Tethered is the title sponsor of the podcast. So if you've got any questions, they are a one-stop shop for all your saddle hunting needs. Outside of that, Chase, I think we've, we've pretty much covered the gambit. Why don't we go ahead and let them listen to Dave? Let's do it. All right, everybody, we are back with a guest that has been on the show a couple times now, a friend of the podcast since the very earliest days of the show, and someone I, I really appreciate his his uh, grounded input, Dave Ebright of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast, the godfather of that group, you, you could say. How you doing, buddy? Oh, all right. How you guys doing down there? I'm, I'm good. It's, it's raining like, uh, like all get out down here on my end, so I'm, I'm thankful for the rain. It's been like 60 days since we've gotten any. Yeah, that's pretty wild. We've, I don't think we've ever had that in Ohio. 
<laughs> I I think uh, this is the first time that I have. So it is when we're recording this. It's May twentieth. I have mowed my yard two times this year. And for anybody who knows anything about Florida, typically you start mowing it in like February and you don't stop until October. So it, it just, it hasn't needed to be mowed. There's just been no, no, no rain whatsoever, which would be terrible for you. Cause you have a mowing business, Dave. Yeah, I do have a, uh, like a small side business that I do in the evenings after work where I do some mowing. Um, that's, that's pretty much April one through mid October ish here. There you go. Well, you know oh, what? Wow. We've got a huge Ohio base. Go ahead and give yourself a shameless plug. <laughs> for my, uh, for yeah, my moment. Why not? Oh, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to. You don't want any more. <laughs> this is just a, this is a side thing. That's it. A couple of weeks a week. It just makes us a little bit extra uh, vacation. Money. I got That's you. About it. I got you. Oh, well. <laughs> well, if that ever changes, you just holler at us. We'll get you back on to do a little commercial. <laughs> All right. I'll make sure to call my, yeah, my Florida marketing team. If I ever need some <laughs> clients. That's it. That's it. Chasing tails marketing. CTM. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well dave give everybody kind of the elevator pitch how'd you get into hunting um where do you hunt what do you hunt for give, give everybody that 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 elevator pitch uh all right well i got into hunting basically kind of on my own i kind of started going with um i had some buddies who had like their dad and, and uncles and stuff kind of did like the whole gun season deer drive thing and i kind of just did that you know, a couple days a year from ages like 14 to 17, 18. And I started um, kind of just venturing out on my own a little bit, especially once I was able to start driving and stuff. And we kind of, me and a couple of buddies just went out and started figuring stuff out on our own. Eventually, we got the old Horton crossbows. And then, um, you know, through college, I hunted a little bit more. And I kind of just, um, I really took on bow hunting pretty serious once I got to about, I don't know, 21. I guess. Um, and by serious, I just mean I was going more often. I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. I was just out there stomping tickets, you know, and looking for deer. I landed a pretty good buck when I was 20, 21, 22. Um, my first, like, uh, like big mature buck, I guess I'd say. And then, um, you know, I kind of just started really hitting it harder after that and trying to figure things out and stuff after that. You know, and me and, uh, Byron, the, uh, the other kind of main guy here in the whitetail experience, um, we actually went to college together. So uh, we met up and kind of started talking hunting a little bit in college, but then we kind of separated afterwards. And um, I don't know, a few years later, we kind of started chit-chatting again. We actually met on like a random online forum, like before the all the Facebook groups were real big. And um, it was like Ohio sportsman. And we met there. Um, I was like, hey, didn't you go to Audubon? And he was like, yeah. And we kind of started talking. And, uh, you know, a couple years later, we started filming each other. And now we got a whole kind of a whole team here at the Whitetail Experience doing some filming and doing the whole public public land game. I basically always hunted public land, you know, back from when we were doing the big deer drives, you know, up on, you know, I occasionally got some access to some private stuff. But, you know, I just... I didn't really like it. You know, they were just like, yeah, we got these couple set stands here and, and this is where you go. And I was just like, nah, this ain't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go, I got to go look around, you know, and I didn't want to do that on other people's property. I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. So I was like, I'm just going to go to public where I can do what I want to. And that's kind of where we've, we've stayed. So it's funny, Whitetail, the Whitetail experience and Chasing Tales go all the way back to episode 13. of, And that was back in like, summer of of 2017 since then uh you know byron's been on the show several times byron and i talk dang near on it like an every other day basis at this point and he always credits you for his progression as a whitetail hunter you you kind of help shape his his mentality and and and, and helped kind of focus him and the other day i heard this 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 to- story this is a total tangent we're gonna try and keep this brief but i, I I'm, I'm listening i'm listening to y'all's podcast which Check it out on YouTube or, uh, you know, uh, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you find it. It's a real focused podcast, unlike this one, which is just kind of all over the place. But uh, I heard this story, and I was like, oh, take a note. Ask Dave about this. 
what is this about you scraping together change out of a couch and then sleeping in your truck cuddling up next to Andy League uh, to go deer hunting the next day? What what, what was that all about? <laughs> um, <laughs> you're taking me back yeah. now. So, <laughs> this was back when, um, basically back when, you know, I had you know, no money. I was broke college student, um, scraping up, you know, all the money I could find, like literally there'd be times, you know, cause we had a big like college house and we'd have, uh, you know, we'd have some big parties and stuff occasionally. And, um, you know, you just, every once in a while you flip that couch over and pull them cushions out and you might find a few bucks and, uh, you know, I scrounged together that. And then I think I might've even just like sold a couple stupid things to some roommates and was like, you know, Hey, I got 15 bucks to, uh, Andy. I was like, we can make it down. Um, to where we hunt at, which is about an hour drive. I said, we can make it down there and back with this, but, um, you know, we wanted to go hunt the whole weekend. <laughs> and I was like, but we ain't doing it twice, you know, so we're going to have to sleep down there. <laughs> and it was like, uh, I think it might have been the weekend of gun season. So it was, you know, it was late November, early December. So it was, you know, cold here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Like um, probably lows are probably in the, you know, 20s, maybe teens even. And we just uh, had a minivan at the time. I had that. I rocked a minivan for a long time. <laughs> and then, uh, but, but that was a, that was a hunting rig right there. But uh, yeah, we went down there and um, hunted all day, and then just literally just put on every piece of clothing we had, and just uh, cuddled up in the back of that minivan and stayed the night and got up and hunted the next day. I think I might have killed a buck that day. I know I killed one, I think, that year. I don't know if it was that day or not. It might have been, but uh, just like a small buck. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a hard time. <laughs> what, you have to do, you know? what can I say? You know, you're definitely uh, you know, scrounging up money whenever you can. You know, I was always into buying and selling stuff, too, so I'd sell things if I could just to get some money, and you know, and then we'd roll. And, like, we kind of budget it, you know, pack all the pack all the food we can and, take off with 10 bucks and be gone for a weekend you know you know you couldn't do that nowadays i mean that just sounds like that sounds crazy but i think everybody kind of started off that way as a kid man so who was since andy's not here to defend himself who was big spoon well definitely me look how tall he is <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah i don't man we you know and that's people say they sleep in their car and stuff sometimes but I don't care who you are. That is miserable. Like yeah. there is no way to get comfortable in a, in a vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to be so tired, but we literally slept in every piece of clothing we had. The funny thing about it was like next morning we didn't have, we, we was able to sleep in more than we ever have hunting. Cause we literally, we just like woke up, grabbed a gun and, and walked in the woods. We were already dressed head to toe boots, toboggan, everything because we were freezing and we just walked right out, walked right into the woods. <laughs> So I actually, I had the Swagger Wagon, uh, which was a 2001 Toyota Sienna in, in uh, old man sand color. Uh, and that was my like baller rig back in the day. And I always thought it was so cool because I could get one of those big igloo coolers in there full of all kinds of ice and cold drinks. And, you know, obviously if I needed to kill, put a deer in there, I could. Dude, I'd sleep in the back of that truck, that van, but I always slept in the seat and I had no problem going to sleep. But, you know. I don't, I don't know if you had that big bench sink that you could kind of like lay down and like turn into like a, a twin size bed. No, it was like, it was like bucket seats. You know, <laughs> oh, I got you. So it was like, you can just kind of just kick back. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> right on, right on. So, all right, back to the task at hand. I can tell Chase is about ready to, to snatch me through the, through the mic. Um, <laughs> we, it's tis the season. It's the season of tinkering. It's the season of trying to figure out what you can do differently this year to be a good running gun hunter. All you do, as you said earlier, is running gun hunting. And you and I have talked about a lot of different things. But the thing that has always impressed me about you is you don't tinker very much. You just kind of, you find something that functions. And if it functions and doesn't cause you trouble, you just keep rocking it. And I've always been perplexed by your ability <laughs> to stay so focused um, on killing animals and not trying to improve your system. So I- I'm curious, do you think that people, you know, take it too far in the off season and they're focusing on the wrong things? Yeah, definitely. Um, to an extent, um, especially nowadays, I feel like, um, 
maybe it's just because I'm seeing it more through social media, but it's like you're constantly seeing people doing different things, building new things and, and, you know, fabricating this and, you know, especially with the whole stick modifications and stuff, you know, it's just like to me, like what I see when I see, sorry, when I see all those uh, people make these things, they make some pretty elaborate stuff, but I'm like, so that's like at least three to five days of work right there. Like, you know, if you could scout three to five more times, you know, how many more deer could you find? How many more big tracks could you catch? You know, more shed you could find, more, you know, um, you know, deep scrapes in the woods. You know, sometimes it doesn't even take a whole day. You know, I've done just like, hey, I got a couple hours in the evening. Let me, you know, take an hour to drive, scout for an hour, and then an hour drive home. And sometimes that one hour is, is the most productive thing, you know, the, the most productive scout out of the last 10. But I could have used that hour to just tinker with some shit just for just for you know for no purpose really just to try to make my system quote unquote better and i'm just like it's just this is not my style i'm just like (laughs) look this works you know well i'm just gonna roll with this you know and i'm not gonna change things unless i have to so but let's let's break that down for a second though you said unless you Mm -hmm. have to what has to happen for you for you to feel like okay i need to do something about this all right. Um, the obvious one is like a piece of new equipment. Um, so obviously you'd have to kind of figure out how that works into your system. But what has to happen to me, obviously, like if something is becoming like a if you hunt with it a handful of times, it's just becoming a pain in the ass. You know, every time you hunt, you're like, ah, oh, this damn thing. Or, or even if it just hasn't, happens a few times, because that does kind of screw you up when you get frustrated and I get frustrated pretty easily, especially with hunting stuff sometimes because you're just so tired and whatnot. You're going off a few hours of sleep, sure. get up at 2 a.m., drive, hike in, blah, blah, blah. Then you're jacking around with something. It's just like this needs to change. This is becoming a problem for me. It's getting me flustered. You know, it's making me rush. You know, and then you end. that's when you end up making a mistake is when you're rushing. Or if, you know, something clangs or bangs which I don't really have a problem with that. I don't really, I've never really stealth stripped anything. I've never had a desire to, I just, I just take my time. You know, I, I try not to be in a rush as, as most as possible. But, um, so obviously if something is just becoming a consistent problem, I'm like, I'm going to change this. And then I'm not just going to sit there and like spend days and days changing things and fabricating if you know it's just it's got to be a quick fix i just don't like to mess with my stuff i'm just like look this works i'm rolling with it like i'm not gonna you know it's sometimes it's a risk or reward you know do i want to spend days tinkering with something to get it right when it's just like a minuscule thing um you know with with the amount of stuff is out there right now i know everybody wants like the perfect system but all of it works and all of it works just fine you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, I think there's like, there's like rainy day projects that anybody could do, right? Like if you're, if it's your day mm. off and, and it's a pouring down thunderstorm, like it is right now outside my office, like those are the days where it's like, I can't really do anything. I mean, I could e-scout some more, but I can't really knock off places. And I think that's where like some of the funner, like tinkering can maybe fit into people's schedule, like the stealth stripping. Um, but you know, one thing that you and I have talked about is that like certain things are just going to suck, right? Like, Certain things are going to, for the average person, be outside of your ability to cut the weight enough uh, that it's worth your time. You know, you and I talked a lot about sticks, climbing sticks, climbing systems, and you know, you, you talk about how some things are just going to be frustrating to deal with. Yet, I think one of your favorite sticks—correct me wrong—isn't that the Muddy Pro? Yeah, I do like the Muddy Pro, um, and I did I did paint those, so I did a little bit of tinkering with those. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I guess after a couple of hunts, you know, you know, I think I did, I, I think I left them in a tree one hunt and I, I hunted one evening and I came back to the same spot that morning, which I'll do that occasionally. And, and I was like, um, like, I think like when I, when I got down or something that afternoon, I was like, those sticks, you know, stick out like crazy. This is big, black, shiny poles on going up that tree. I was like, I got to paint those. Mm-hmm. So that was something that made me make a decision to do and yeah, I do like the muddies just because of the fact of um, 
there's no buckle. You know, you just throw that rope around and just put it through the cam cleat and you're good. You know, it's, it's quick, it's easy. And like the, the downside to the muddies, which everybody knows is basically the weight. Right. And I think that's the only really downside anybody has with them. But to me, weight's not, the weight's never been like a huge factor to me. I know, I know I've discussed that with you a lot. <laughs> the whole weight craze is just killing me, man. I'm just like, suck it up and carry that shit. You know, that's just my mindset. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm pretty sure like most people who have been running gunning for years, you know, some people might've jumped right into a hang on initially, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably started with climbers. And if you're talking an entry level climber, that thing is going to be 30, 35 pounds. And then you got to throw a pack on top of it. I mean, I hunted with a 33 pound climber for like, you know, six, seven years. And I was just, I just never really knew there was any other way. And I knew there was like the summits out there, which were like a touch lighter, but I'm like, well, it's not, it's that 10 pound savings wasn't worth me spending, right? you know, another 250 bucks at the time. Um, and then, so, I mean, now, you know, getting a little older and being a little bit more financially stable, if you just want to buy something because it's better and lighter then by all means, but like going, going all crazy with these modifications and stuff, that's just not for me. Well, you know, never has been back in my 33 pound climber days, <laughs> I was just sucking it up and just had sore traps, you yeah. know, just. <laughs> so, but if you're going to spend, oh, go ahead, Chase. No, I was just going to say. Uh, I'm not much of a tinkerer myself. It's, it's not some of it. I mean, I, I feel like I'm good at what I'm good at, and tinkering isn't necessarily one of those things. I mean, I like I see a lot of people on Facebook posting things, and then some of the things that I see, I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll try that, but I just don't go out into my garage or my hunting room or anything like that and just go, oh, what can I tinker with today? Like I have to see it from somebody else. My current system, I feel like it's set up pretty good, and I've never been one to complain too much about weight either until the kind of the saddle thing came along. Uh, you can ask Walter yep. that. Like when I saw him walking in and I was carrying like the lone wolf and all that stuff, I was like, oh, man, this this saddle setup is a lot lighter. <laughs> um, maybe I will go to that. <laughs> but that's but as far as tinkering with stuff, I, I don't really tinker with stuff that much. I prefer to, like Dave said, I'd rather get out there and scout. I'd rather go put boots on the ground or just be out hunting or doing whatever. Uh, and then in the off season, I'm doing other things. I'm, I'm not like necessarily deer 365. I mean, I do spend a lot of time thinking about it, but like we're doing now, we're fishing, we're turkey hunting, we're doing things like that. So my mind kind of focuses on those things and less just on wanting to just go out and mess with my current system. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it's, it's a time thing for sure. You know, um, you know, I got two kids. I run a side business, um, you know, and then plus I have my day job. And then just, you know, <laughs> every other thing that goes on with owning a house, <laughs> most people are far too familiar with. So, you know, it's just making making time to, to get out and do stuff, you know, hunting-wise when it's not during season. It's that stuff to do in itself. You know, at least when it's during hunting season, it's like, you know, your wife can kind of Hey, you know, November's coming up, so. <laughs> right. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, in the summer, they, you know, you know, you can't just be, oh, I got to go out here and tinker with some shit for a little bit. You go, you go with the kids, you know, she's like, hell no, get your ass in here, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I spend enough time in the woods to where I have to counterbalance it with, all right, I'm going to take care of the kids <laughs> all this off season just to kind of make up for being gone hunting as much as I do. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, there's some things that, you know, require some tinkering as usual. I guess I can go on like a somewhat of a rent here as far as, since we were talking about sticks, I'm going to change the subject. Let's talk about bows. The, uh, people mess with their bows. I think I've, I've always hated that aspect of like bow hunting and people messing with their bows so much. I just, I like to get something that works and I don't really like to change it. You know, like this bow shoots good with these arrows. I like my setup. It's tuned. It's dialed in. You know, and I don't want to change it because if you if you change a rest, if you change, I mean, if you change a rest, now you got to do a whole nother day of tuning. You got to mm -hmm. do a whole nother day of sighting in. You know, maybe multiple days of those things. You know, it might not work out perfect. Then you got a broadhead tune and do all this other stuff. How many days are you wrapping up into that rest at that point that you could be out scouting? You know. 
Yeah, I'm just not. Oh, I'm with my you. bow is probably the thing I take with the least. I'm like, man, this thing's good. Put it in the case. Don't touch it until I need to shoot with it. <laughs> just leave it alone. It shoots fine. And obviously, you got practice sure. shooting stuff like that. But yeah, but but that's it. You know, get you an arrow setup you like. You know, that's if if you change things, it's one thing. I've changed arrows throughout the years, but I you know I try to stick with them. I mean, you're always going to change stuff, and there's always new technology. They're like, ooh, that's cool. I want that. And then you buy it, and then you're like, shit. Now I got to tinker with this bow and get it set up. <laughs> you know. I've had new bows where I've like still hunted with the old bow because I haven't got my new bow set up yet. And it's just like, cause I just trying to find the time to do it. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be hunting. This bow shoots. I know it. I'm taking it. Yeah. No, I've, I've always been a, you can ask chase. I've always been a bow tinker up until recently. And I'm with you. I've got a bow that is dialed in. The arrows are dialed in. It shoots exactly where I want to, when I, wherever I'm, pulling the trigger i feel confident you know with the bow i've got absolutely no desire to change anything about it and that's a pretty cool feeling because i was kind of doing like an inventory i think everybody does this at the beginning of the year they're like okay i want to make these trips i want to do these things it's going to cost this kind of money okay this is what i've got to play with quote unquote play with and this is the first year chase you can attest to this this is the first year i think i i'm not buying any archery gear with the exception of like replacement blades <laughs> right yeah you haven't been sending me any picks anything bow related at all normally i'm getting picks it's like oh what do you think about this or yeah. what do you think about moving to that and i've not received one picture this season about your bow no. or anything about the the setup your release any of that because we fold around with that a lot uh, about a year or maybe two years ago at this point we're like oh i'm gonna get this release oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be rocking this broadhead oh, i'm gonna be doing yeah. this just just totally messing with everything and then finally i think we've calmed down to where we're just like okay we found stuff that work let's just rock with that and not keep messing with this system yeah yeah well i, I think we've just kind of moved on to like okay we, we, we've kind of uh, i don't want to say the word conquer because we didn't really conquer anything but we <laughs> we figured out what works for us and now you and i are kind of like dabbling in the the camera gear kind of component of this so now we're tinkering with that thing and i I'm pretty well got my system down for that too now, which feels awesome. Um, I just might add, I mean, that's, you know, it's really good feeling confident in your equipment. And I can think that was kind of my takeaway was I wanted to kind of provide a guide for how people can feel confident in their equipment. Um, and I couldn't think of a better guess than someone who literally hauls everything in with him every trip, uh, up in Ohio where it gets pretty cold. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm a fan of what I use and, you know, and I'm just, I don't really, I just don't have any intentions to change it. I mean, everything I used last year was perfectly fine up until the season ended. And it's like, here comes off season and everybody's like, well, what am I, what am I going to get new for next year? What am I going to get new for next year? I'm like, <laughs> you hunted pretty much, the, didn't, did you not hunt the last day of last season? And, you know, did everything work just fine? I guess um, I always try to do a takeaway of what, um, what, so you so you kind of take an average of what specific things throughout the season last year kind of consistently became a problem with you. Now then I might try to try to try to change that thing. Like um, for me, for instance, next year I kind of want to look into a different pack. Um, it's not desperate, but that's that's one thing I might look into for next year. I mean, like you said, you want to make a list of the inventory of different expenditures you want to have during home season. Sure, and um, you know a pack. You know, for me, I, I want to go up to, like, the next level, you know, pack-wise. And I spoke with you about maybe looking into uh, some of the Mystery yep. Ranch packs. You know, that's something that, you know, that, that'll require some tinkering when you get one. But but packs, I mean, packs really don't require too much. Like, it's like, okay, I can put this here, this here, this here, boom, boom, boom. You know, spend an hour with it, with your stuff, and you kind of got to set Sure. It. Yeah, and so I, I, mean, I think that's the kind yeah. of tinkering people need to do is I feel like people put way too much time into like trying to acquire the gear and less time like climbing. Do do a couple mock climbs up your tree in your in your hunting camo, maybe not your, you know, your snow gear cuz it's probably summertime by the time you're doing this, but you know, put everything together, take your bow and climb up a tree in the backyard. And then think about where it was frustrating for you. And that is where I think a lot of people could spend more time and and feel like they've they've done something. For instance, I, I, you know what you said, what you're, you're, you're tinkering with, I'm tinkering with like my climb up the tree 
that's what I'm looking for is how can I make that process smooth? I've gotten rid of the five step aider. Um, I had a couple, couple, uh, situations last year where it wasn't conducive really to climb some of the funky trees I was in. And so I'm going to carry that extra fourth stick. I'm just going to deal with it. I'm going to pull a Dave and just suck it up. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to use Well, it's like an extra two pounds, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, you know, la- last year that made a difference because last year, you know, I was using that Jansport backpack. And so, you know, you've got 20 pounds of gear on your back with no waist belt and that, you know, that kind of starts to wear on you a little bit, but you know, this year I've got a different pack, so it's not that big a deal, but you know, what I noticed was climbing the tree was kind of a pain at times. And I, I did like little paracord loops on the side of my, my saddle for my sticks, but then those things would like swing around and start smacking each other as I was climbing up the tree. So I got these things from Genesis 3d printing and they are these little loops that go inside your, um, your Molly on the side of your saddle. And then you can put your Versa button into it, and it basically just clips in silently and prevents it from swinging around like like the like the uh, paracord does. So that's kind of where I'm mm-hmm. focusing my efforts. And also for the self filming component of it, I've got a new fluid head, which was cheap. It cost me twenty bucks. I got it on sale. It's normally forty bucks, and I can take now and 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 attach my camera to my shoulder strap as I'm walking in. So if I need to get any B roll. I can unclip it from my chest and just clip it, you know, take take the, the B-roll, put it back in. But then when I climb up the tree, I hang the arm and I can immediately take that camera right off my shoulder and put it on the fluid head and it's done. It's just, it's a fluid friction-free process and that's kind of what I'm going for. Do you think that's a more, th- more worthwhile way of tinkering? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially the camera thing um, because that is a point of frustration, you know, because currently... I just have my camera bag, my small camera bag inside of my other pack. So then like when I'm up in the tree hanging either like, I don't know, trying to situate my, my bag in between my knees on the seat, you know, in which my bag's fallen off before in dark, you know, I'm trying to like mess with the camera or something like that. And down goes the bag. And I'm like, damn it. I mean, what you, what you're doing, that does sound a lot smoother though. Uh, as far as your camera setup goes, having your camera already out and having it clipped on somewhere, and then you just clip it straight to the fluid head. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it, yeah. That sounds. I mean, that sounds pretty smooth. It, it's a it's an Arca Swiss plate. So basically, I've got the Peak Design uh, uh, well uh, Peak Design V2 clip, and basically you can put it on your hip and slide your your uh, camera, you know, into the clip. So if you're like you know pulling a a Byron and you're shooting you know photos, it's just easier there. Or if you got like a backpack and you're traveling, you can just attach it to your backpack strap. And I saw this being used by the born and raised guys out West. And I was like, Oh my God, that is so smart because both hands are free. The, the camera's up high on your shoulder and out of the way. So it's not like it's going to get damaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem that I ran into was when I got up the tree, I had the, the, uh, the Hawk, um, fluid head and the bases didn't match. So I'm sitting there and I'm unscrewing and, you know, I'm hot and sweaty at this point because it's the freaking South and I'm unscrewing one base and I'm screwing the other base on. And then I almost dropped it. And when I went to catch it, I almost dropped my camera and I was like, okay, (laughs) at that point I spent the next hour on Amazon (laughs) researching, (laughs) researching how to not make this a thing. And sure enough, I found that if I had an Arca Swiss fluid type, uh, fluid head, it would just go right in there and I could just, you know, crunch it down and, and be done with it. So, you know, Self-filming is frustrating enough as it is. I don't want the equipment to make it harder on me. Yeah, and just like you said, you know, you had a bad experience with it, and you got back like, okay, I need to change this because this is not working. Yeah. You know, and then same with the five-step aider. You know, we've used those as well. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of those, you know, at all either. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, you know, I'm good for, I like I like a one loop. You know, I'll, I'll do maybe like two loops on the bottom stick. Um, you know, maybe maybe like a single loop on like some of the upper sticks, but I don't even like doing that. I mean, if, if, if I'm doing all that, it's because I'm, I'm in, I know I'm going to an area that doesn't have any good trees that have free scouted. Right. And I'm like, okay, I just need to get really high. So then I'm bringing all that crap in, but that's, that's very rarely happening. And then now the, um, I know those cable waders from uh, lone wolf custom, those look interesting. I have yet to try them. Those look really interesting, though, how they're sturdy like that and stuff. Um, I, I do plan on trying those this year, eight or was. Yeah. 
um, Ader seem to be a hot topic, you know, now yeah. on the forums. Yep. So I do plan on trying those. And then you said um, all those clips, those do sound interesting too. And those only work with like the full circle versa button? Don't know. I don't really have an answer to that. I know they work with my um, Aluma buttons from Eastern Wood Outdoors that I've got on my, my Dano, you know, custom sticks. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I would presume they work with just about all of them. Um, but I can I yeah. can find out. That's a good question. I do the, I do the little paracord loop thing, like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, not having. I guess I don't have them swinging around too much. Um, not not to where they would hit each other, but I could see it potentially happening. You know, a time or two. Yeah. And then that would be yeah that'd be that'd piss me off for sure. Well, and it wasn't <laughs> it let me, let me, it wasn't like they were just clanking as I went up the tree, but. There were a couple times where, I, like, I was like, there. It was mainly on trees where I had to like avoid a branch, so I'm climbing up the stick, and then as I like bring my body around the branch and I clip in, that's when it would it would hit. But I was in one hunt, I'll never forget it, and it just goes clack. I was like, oh, okay, well, might, might as well go home. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst feeling in the world, isn't it? You know, you do all that. Oh man, you drive to the place, you you hike in, you, you get up super early. And then you, know, you get to the tree, and then you, you know, something stupid like that happens, and then wham, and you're just like, why am I even here? What am I doing? You know, <laughs> then you're just frustrated as can be. I'm like, I'm going home. I'm not doing this. You know, I've done that before. I've straight, like, retired, you know, mid-hang in the morning. Like, some made noise. I'm like, yep, I'm retired. I'm not <laughs> You know, yeah. or I've like just like gotten down and said, screw this morning, like, turn it into a scout. You know, you know, I've done that before. Um, <laughs> last year, opening day of season, it, it doesn't get much worse than this. I don't think I'm, I climb up to the tree. I climb up. I'm using a uh, open day season. I was using a lone wolf um, assault two, And then I was using the lone wolf easy hang little like little hook thing mm-hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with those yep. and um so i get up there and i hang my whole set and i hang the easy hang on there and i hang my tree stand on the easy hang hook i'm like it's it's hung there i'm like reaching in my pocket um going to get my getting getting a strap to strap on my top versa button i look over and there goes my stand falling all the way down to the floor oh, all the way down oh, to the ground no. <laughs> i like it didn't get like seated fully into the hook I just, it just didn't like get fully in there. And this was opening day season in the morning. I was just like, well, there goes my whole day. You know, good, good thing I looked forward to this day for nine months, you know, just don't ruin it in, you know, less than three minutes. So I, I ended up going and getting my stand and, and then, you know, still hunting. But so that was, so I came home that day and I had to like crimp those little hooks a little bit tighter so they would go in better because they weren't. It wasn't going in all the way, I guess. Yeah. And I just, and I realized the opening day when my tree stand fell off the tree, but <laughs> that was, uh, that was a valid excuse to do some tinkering, I guess, <laughs> when your stand's falling. <laughs> yes. <feet> down. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. When equipment's not working right, it's time to tinker a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, um, another thing, uh, like Chase mentioned earlier, nowadays, you don't necessarily have to go out and, and fiddle with all your stuff to try to find out a better system because you just get on Facebook and or YouTube and you can find a hundred other people doing something. And you're like, Oh, that looks so cool. Yeah. That looks pretty easy too. I could probably do that in like 10 minutes, you know, and then you go out and make it. Um, I watched the video of, uh, Jason Samkoviak. Yep. And if you're familiar with him, yeah, he um, did a video on the, on the lineman's belt using the rope mem one. When he made it and he did like a really slow breakdown of doing, making a lineman's belt, just using the rope man one. And I was like, you know, I was like, I think I'm gonna do that. You know, I can go up and down with just one hand. Yep. Uh, and he did, you know, they seemed real simple. And I was like, yep, he convinced me. Yeah. So I went ahead and, yeah, I just went ahead and called it, called it good and bought all that stuff and, and went ahead and made one of those. And that helped out a lot because I had the old, um, uh hunter special hunter safety system uh lineman's belt and you had to use two hands to like tighten and loosen it i guess same thing if you have like a prusik knot you got to use two hands and that's 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 the most frustrating thing when you're trying to climb up a tree and you got to lean over and use both hands to to loosen that thing because i loosen and tighten mine you know every every step i go up the tree pretty much right 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah that's for been, sure. That's been a, uh, yeah, that's been a definitely a positive, um, little tinker of mine, I guess, but it was so easy and quick. Yep. You know, not like I was messing with it too long. But again, you weren't oh, yeah. trying to like save ounces. You were trying to like make, make, and I'm not knocking guys who want to go lighter. Like if you have the money to do mm-hmm. Oplux line instead of the regular, you know, safety line, it is lighter. It is more compact. And if that's what you need to do, great. But it sounds like you're always searching to, on something to reduce that friction for yourself. Something to make the process smoother, not necessarily more convenient per se. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You nailed it right there. Um, I mean, that's that to a T. You know, weight is not an issue to me, especially, you know, obviously once you get to a point, it becomes an issue. But for the most part, with all the modern equipment out there, weight's not an issue. It's what I think works the best. Like you said, you know, weight's not an issue. What reduces any of that friction, what reduces any of that pain in the ass factor. You know, because if you're like seven or eight day in a row in November on the rut hut and stuff, and you guys, you know, and you got to look forward to something that's been bothering you, you know, just so you can save a couple ounces. Like, give me that extra five, ten pounds so I can make this a smooth process, right. you know, all day long. Yeah, I did dabble into the saddle last year, though. You know, I kind of, and I mean, you talked quite a bit about that. You helped me build my bridge and my tether and all that good stuff. And, um, yeah, and that's um that was I think I might I might end up being full saddle this year. What? Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's not a uh, it's not a weight thing, you know, for say, but you know, for me I like the uh, the I, I like the compactness of yeah. it. Like I don't have a stand sticking off my back when I'm walking through the woods. You know, it's just a backpack. You know, one like you know smallish backpack that's no wider than your shoulders. It doesn't stick out at all. It doesn't stick above above your neck. So you can duck down underneath anything and just weave and bob and without, you know, stuff, you know, grabbing that stand. I mean, that's, I hate that sometimes, you know, especially if you're trying to like really sneak in those last like a hundred yards to a spot, like that's tight to some bedding you found or something. And, you know, you've scouted it in the winter, obviously you get there during season and there's all this honeysuckle and stuff. And, uh, it's just, it, it just grabs your stand and then it and then it clangs on the stand you know and you can't and you can't stealth strip a whole stand right. so what are you what are you gonna do and then so that saddle is nice though because you can crawl in that thing you know you literally you just got a backpack you know that's all it is yeah yep chase uh yeah. what 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 equipment are you tinkering with this year oh wow well uh, i'm tinkering with the camera gear yep. Cause I'm going to be taking the camera this year. So I'll probably have a lot of tinkering to do with the camera stuff. <laughs> uh, that'll probably be my main focus is getting all that, uh, set up. And I, I, this is funny. I won a bow as a lot of people know, I won a bow this last season. That's right. And I really don't even want to mess with it much. You know what I mean? I, my current setup works so good <laughs> that I'm just, and I had one of my best bow seasons ever. This past season, my bow performed uh, like it should. And I'm like, man, do I really want to mess with this other bow (laughs) and getting it set up? But, I mean, I'll probably set it up uh, just to have a backup bow because there's been a couple of years where I've actually needed a backup bow. Uh, Last year was actually one of them where I was riding around with my bow in the back and uh, one of my sticks uh, hit one of the strings and it popped one of the strings. Uh, So I was like asking my father-in-law, I'm like, hey, can I borrow your old bow you're not using? Like he's kind of switched over (laughs) to the crossbow. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, let me borrow this other bow. So, I mean, it'll be nice just kind of having a backup bow, but I don't plan on tinkering with it much. I'm going to get it set up and then it'll it'll be there as a backup bow. And I'll probably continue to use the bow that I've been using. And uh, other than that, I really don't have a whole lot that I want to tinker with. Um, We started using the saddles and stuff last year. Uh, I kind of got the system that I like uh, saddle-wise, so I don't plan on messing with that very much. Maybe unless I see just some hashtag game changer on Facebook, uh, then I might use that uh, if it's not something crazy. But uh, yeah, I I like to keep it simple, man. I I hunt. I mean, Dave hunts a lot. I hunt a lot. um, And I just want a system that I like that works. And that's just not going to be frustrating at the end of the day of trying a bunch of different new stuff all the time. So uh, that's pretty much all I'm going to work with uh, in the off season. 
and then I'm going to be scouting. Yeah. Uh, I like to scout, and I like to get out in the woods. I'd rather <laughs> do that any day than tinker with my gear. So you know that oh, yeah. more than anybody, Walt. Yeah. I'm going to be out in the woods uh, somewhere or doing some checking trail cams or just doing whatever. I'd, I'd rather do that than uh, do a lot of tinkering. Yeah. Yeah, and you can check them uh, cameras on those rain days. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Best time to do it, and we, you know, kind of watch what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, or some cell cam. I use, well, I use one cell cam, but the other ones, like I said, either putting them in new places or whatever I'm trying to do, um, I'd rather spend time doing that. Yeah, and I'd like to say, I do want to get that new pack too, and that's something I'm going to I'm have to mess with this year if I get a, if I get a new one. Um, you know, I guess, you know, I may or may not, but I want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see, you know, those, those packs aren't very deep. I think, um, I think from the looks of it, it'll work a little bit better with, um, with some of the setup I'm running with this, with if I'm running the saddle, I think that'll be a good move. But then you know, packs packs aren't much tinkering. It's just like kind of just see where you want to put yeah. your crap. Now, if it doesn't work, move it the next day. Like it's not it's not a ton. You know, you figure out how to pack it in there, and that's it. Right. I kind of packed my um, my system last year um, a little bit differently than than most when I was running the saddle. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lone Wolf Custom Gear, the mini sticks? Yep. I don't know if you're familiar with the look yeah. of those. Um, a lot of people run those like, you know, two and two on, on one on two on one side and two on the other side of either the stand or of their, even their platform. But I just run mine like all in a straight line, you know, and all with the grommets facing the same way. That way they all fit together like one big brick, you know. And those grommets that they come on them hold them together nicely, you know, not perfectly. You have to, uh, you still use, have to, they say you still need to use a strap, but I actually just use, um, some of those gear ties. Right. So I don't even have any strap for those. And then I was like, okay, well, I need to figure out a way to carry my straps in for them because I was doing a buckleless method. I just had this little camo pouch and I just rolled them up and put them in this little camo pouch and then just, um, clipped it onto, um, I like wove it through and, and made it clip onto my, my saddle onto the Molly straps on the saddle. So my straps are right there on me as I'm climbing. And, you know, and that system was like, well, this works out good here. Yeah. And I rolled with it. And the way, uh, the way, the way these, these sticks kind of nuzzle into the platform that goes with them. Um, it's pretty nice cause they, they fit together like really well. So I was like, and that was just kind of just, coincidence figuring that out like oh this works just like this perfect and i was like sweet <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> that'll work you know and i went out and hunted with it and it worked and i was like all right i ain't changing now you know it works and then i hunt like that the rest of the season and but i'll have to change if i get new pack but yeah well i think i think packs kind of like they are what they are and everybody has you know i was talking to adam miller literally right before we started this podcast uh, about some of the new packs that have come to market recently and in I realize that packs are different for everyone, which is probably why there's so many out there. It always kind of perplexed me because I want them to do certain things really well. Um, and, and I think for every application, you need something that does it really well. I'm curious, like for you, what are you looking for in, in a pack? I like the shoulder straps to fit well. I think that's the problem with the pack I'm using now. I'm using um, the XOP packs. I'm using both of them, actually. Um I feel like they don't contour to your shoulder the greatest. I'm not sure why that is, but I just feel like they don't. Um, so I want one that fits a little bit better. Um, I also like I like external pockets that are on the face of it, so you can have different items that you want to use. You know, you got your packs in there hanging on the tree, and you want to have those external pockets. And especially like one is like top pockets is real nice because you can you know you don't have to have everything stuffed in your cargo because right. if your bag's right there. You know, and you, it's, you just got something right there in your top pocket. I really like that. Um, and external strapping, I think that's like a must-have, you know, especially if you're talking, you know, if you're carrying any extra clothes and stuff. Like, you have to have those external straps. Yeah. And some packs don't have those external, those, those you know, external straps. I'm just like, I can't use this. You know, it, it has to have something, you know, and whether you want to, you know, weave your, saddle platform through those straps or you know put your extra jacket and bibs onto the underneath those straps i mean i feel like that's almost like a must-have and um i mean those are i guess the main things i'm looking for um also um the packs being like people talk about weight and stuff sometimes packs empty are 
significantly heavier than others. Yeah. You know, so that's always something to, to look at. I know if I go with the mystery range, I know they're pretty hefty packs, so I don't think it'll be the lightest. But um, but for the functionality per weight, right. I think they're pretty good. Well, you already said weight doesn't matter, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just like, well, like I said, now, now you know, I'm, I'm an adult and I have money, so it's like, if I can buy something that's right. that's better right. than save some weight, <laughs> I'm like, yep, you know, <laughs> no done deal. But I'm not going to, like, start cutting stuff off. And, yeah, sewing it on by hand. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, just to save some time. Like, nope. <laughs> yeah, not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I found that there are certain, like, for me, I want a pack that holds itself open. Like, I don't want to have to, like, because the, one of the biggest issues is when I'm, like, reloading it, right? When you're loading it on the ground, it's not that hard. But when you're loading it in the tree and, you know, it's hanging from the tree, if it doesn't have some structure to it, then the whole pack kind of collapses on itself, and it might be a tight fit because you got to take camera gear and all that stuff, and maybe some layers or something. Um, and so, like for me, I like some structuring to it, to where it kind of holds itself open and creates a bucket up in the tree. And honestly, dude, if I'm going to carry weight and I'm going to fight briars and stuff like that, dude, I really like a waist belt. It doesn't have to be the greatest waist belt because I'm only carrying like you know 15, 20 pounds, but I'd really like it to have a waist belt and. Like lastly, have enough straps that on the out on the exterior that I can strap all of my gear. It's like one strap that goes all the way around the pack. That drives me nuts because it doesn't do me any good because I've got to line up all my stuff. Like if I'm put my sticks on the side and my platform on the back, <laughs> then I've got to line all of that up, make sure it's right where I want, it, and then cinch it down. Just give me. I just it blows my mind that 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 more people aren't frustrated with like those those items. Uh, maybe I'm chasing. I'm just blowing it out of proportion. <laughs> well, I guess it just all depends on your how much you want to carry into the woods. So there's probably a lot of people that don't carry in as much of stuff as you That's do. true. That's true. Um, and I know, well, I mean, down in Florida, we don't have to worry about as, as much as about, like, carrying extra layers and stuff in because it never gets cold enough for you to have to worry about carrying extra layers and stuff like that in. But – I mean, you've got some concerns. Maybe you should take that to Mystery Ranch or some other place and design a pack for them. Right. I mean, that, that's what it takes. Is, if you're listening, I mean, Mystery if, Ranch. I mean, not if. if obviously, they're, li- them, obviously hey, they're listening. This would be the ideal pack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's people working on it right now because of all the running yeah. gun craze yeah. and everything else that I'm sure somebody's working on a pack uh, for that. But you got to think it's not going to be like perfect per se. Um, so you're probably still going to have to tinker with it a little bit. I don't know. Just man up. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the bucket aspect that you, that you were talking about, I, I, get, I get what you're saying with that. You know, that's that's true. Yeah. Um, external, external strappings, yeah, same thing. I mean, the more the better, you know. That way you can you don't have to have all that crap stuff in your pack. Um, and especially when you're talking to the camera gear and whatnot. Yeah. Um, see the waist belt, and that's that, I'm the waist belts really aren't for me. Really, I'm not a fan of them. I I I need to have a sternum strap. Yep. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the waist hmm. belt. Packing out an elk, you know, I would want it maybe. Yeah. Just with the normal, how even if you're talking thirty to fifty pounds, you know, I'm I don't really I'm, I'm not a big fan of waist belts. Yeah. You actually have a um like a like a child carrying backpack thing. You know, we go on some walks and hikes with uh you know, with my ten month old and um it has a waist belt on it. It's kinda of built into it and I um you know, I was using it with the waist belt and um maybe because it's it might not be like fitted for me, but like I just I started getting like kinda kinda feeling it weird like in my hips and I'm just like, mm. screw this, I undid it and like I just rather have that weight on my shoulders, I guess, than on my hips. Yeah. You know, with a good sternum, with a good sternum strap, you know. And, um, but yeah, I'm not. I wasn't seeing the waist belt. I mean, I I, I, I can do without it. I just if I'm picking, you know, if I if you're if Mister Ranch uh, decides to call me after this episode and says, Walter, uh, here's the keys to the castle and some CAD some CAD software where you design as a pack is definitely coming with a <laughs> it's definitely coming with a, with a help belt. But it sounds like it's going to be a removable help help belt for people like Dave who who don't want it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess you know if it fits, you know, if it maybe if it's like it fits me better, then maybe it'll be different. I don't know. Maybe just the way. The build I am, but I just wasn't a big fan of the, the hip belts. Yeah, 
Um, and I've never used them because I know um, I'm sure most people have done it from with when we packed in with just regular tree stands. You, you get the Molly backpack straps. You know, everybody gets them on eBay or whatever on Amazon. You get the big Molly um, backpack straps that you put on there. And sometimes you can get them with the waist belt. And I, you know, and then I used to, I used to always make fun of, uh, you know, like Byron and stuff. Cause they would have the waist belt and it had the big backpack straps. And if I went and met them in the tree stand and I'd see them up there and they got like all this crap hanging from the bottom of their stand. <laughs> I'm just like, look at all that stuff, man. That's, you know, like, I don't like that I have to have my backpack straps hanging beneath me. Like that bothers me. I just want it to be just, you know, as minimal as possible. Yeah. You know, I would probably use screwing steps if I could, you know, on public land, but we're not allowed to. But I just like to go with the, you know, with the minimal um, look on the tree, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's why I don't like aiders because I don't like them swinging, you know, but then you got to try to like carry one up with you. And then, I don't know, that's, that's just too much work for me. I'll pass on that. But yeah, I don't like aiders swinging in the wind. You know, I don't like, um, I don't like my sticks and stand to, to stand out. Yeah. No, I feel you. I, I can see that for sure. Yeah. And then the saddle, I don't, I don't use a, I don't, I don't carry it with my saddle platform. I know with the, with the, um, with that lone wolf custom gear platform, it's so big. They put pack straps on them sometimes, but I don't do it that way. Cause I'm just like, Nope. I like this clean look here with no straps hanging down. I could see that for sure. Well, Dave, did we not did we cover any gear topics or points of concern that you wanted to uh, cover today? Points of concern? No, no. I think uh, I think you went over quite a bit of stuff yeah. here. Um, I'm sure everybody's probably going to hate me after this podcast <laughs> because I told them to suck it up. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it though, man. You, you know, you do a handful of hunts in the row, and you know, and that stuff gets heavier and heavier. Yeah. Like every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, uh, Byron in one of the most recent episodes y'all did, uh, said, you know, you need to be, you need to be creating, you need to be designing your gear for when it's the end of a rutcation, you're totally exhausted and you're hitting that snooze button like six times to get up or something like that. He's like the, the, the gear that you want to grab in that moment should be the gear you're working with from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's definitely, um, kind of the way we, that's kind of the way we try to get our stuff set up, but Sometimes it takes a couple couple dry runs to figure that yeah. out. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> like your tree stand falling off the tree, you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well good deal, Chase. Yeah, I don't I don't mind I don't mind people tinkering with stuff at all. I mean if that's what your if that's what your thing is, tinker with it yeah. and then when I see it on Facebook or something like that, yeah, I, I it. like it, then I'll, I'll go for it. Just give me a step-by-step direction on how to do it. Uh, and you spend all the man the man or woman hours putting yeah. putting in the time, figuring out how to do it. And then, oh, we'll figure it out. It only actually takes like 20 minutes to actually do, but it took a day to figure out. Then, boom, I, I just cut out that day, and it only took me 20 minutes. So keep keep those posts coming on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. I mean, I'd lo- I love seeing them. <laughs> Uh, and like cherry picking which ones I think I would actually use or would like to do. So uh, I think there's definitely a place for it, but also there's a place for, okay, I need to get out in the woods and maybe not focus as much on my gear and scout and do things like that. Yeah. I I think if you're going to do all, if you're going to take the time to do all that tinkering, uh, the least you can do is give us a parts list. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> we saw that today yeah. we were just talking about it on facebook yeah. somebody's like oh can you post the parts list yeah. on here and they posted and i was like dude you just saved me hours <laughs> of trying to figure out what parts you used for this i was like this, this might take me like 30 minutes now as opposed to i probably would have spent hours just trying to figure out okay i need this this how many of these washers do i need so yep. that, that's great that's great for me yeah well, and that's what some of those people do, you know. Some of them guys are, are fabricators for a living and stuff. And, you know, like me trying to make some of that stuff, I'm like, Is that, I'm, I'd be doing that for days. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it probably wouldn't be safe at all. I'm probably going to kill myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't have that engineering mind at no, all. No. So. <laughs> no, I just want to grab something that works, and then I can just go into the woods with it, you know. if Realistically, like the tinkering stuff that we all do, 
I think there's more and more companies that are coming out with products to to eliminate that, so you can just buy it, you know. And then that's what that's that's good for me. That's, that's great for me. So I was like, oh, that works. So give me four of those, and I'm heading to the woods. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. Dave, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking time. I know that uh, we've been talking about this for months, and I, I don't think this is going to be the last we see of you. Because honestly, I want to get you back on and talk about that, uh, talk about that buck that you sh- you shot this year. Because I sent you messages as I, wa- as I was watching your film the other day. I don't know how you passed up some of the deer that you passed up. I, I, I get it. <laughs> I understand, but you know, I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, I get it. I mean, if I lived down there, I'd be, you know, the same way. You know, we live in Ohio. We got some pretty good deer here. You know, and I, uh, I mean, the one I shot wasn't um, wasn't big for Ohio standards by any means. But it was, you know, it was a good buck, and I'd, it'd be hard for me to pass that deer. But but sometimes we do pass them. You know, it's <laughs> it's tough. It's just all about uh, it's all about how he comes in. Sometimes I feel like, <laughs> you know, that deer really just came in like, kind of just, kind of just browsing along, maybe kind of broadside, kind of just doing his thing. I might have been like, ah, oh, you know, he's, you know, I could, I could hold off on this, but like when they come like right at you and they're just like, you just see like the, the big neck and stuff, and and you're just and it's kind of cold and and you got like a couple, you can see their breath in the in the breeze and stuff you're just like yep you know that does gets me pumped up there you know that, that dude's getting shot <laughs> well let me correct he's getting an arrow shot at it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> get an arrow flung his way whether i connect <laughs> or not yeah that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh man well tell everybody where they can find your content including your podcast man yeah we're just um you know we do we did we did just start that podcast um it's just the whitetail experience i guess is how you could search it um, we got the um, orange and white and black logo. We also have our YouTube page, um, the Whitetail Experience. You can just search it on there. Um, we got a bunch of videos. I know um, Byron's been pumping out a lot of these, you know, these nice uh, little quick videos here as of late. I think he, uh, I think we have one dropping tonight. Um, that's like, um, I think it's actually five like five quick pieces of gear that you need for running gun hunting or something along those lines. Not sure what he's going to title it. Um, and that's kind of fitting with this. I think that's going to drop tonight. And then um, on Instagram, the whitetail experience, there might be an underscore or something in there. I'm not too hip with Instagram. <laughs> so, but you can just search the whitetail experience. I'm sure it'll come up. Um, you know, the WE logo. Um, it's pretty recognizable. Good deal, man. But, uh, yeah, man, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, definitely a blast. Um, we'll have to talk some more tinkering. Yeah. <laughs> Post. Just let me know what works, and then I'll just go by. <laughs> we'll give you that part list. 